Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Hondo Carpenter. We're part of the Fans First Sports Network. Excited to be there. Joined by my good friend, the editor and publisher of thespun.com, Matthew Halatic. He does a terrific job at the Spun. We've been doing this for a long, long time, Dec- over a decade, and we're excited to have him back. We are just over a week away, less than two weeks from the start of training camp. We're excited to get football going again. My man, Matt Halatic. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, it's crazy how fast the summer's flying. You and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I remember when football season ended, I mean, because it's only five se- five months, six if you're in the playoffs, <clears throat> and it just seemed like it lasted forever. Then the NFL Network. I remember you and I debating, is this NFL Network even going to really make it? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there enough material? Now, it literally, the, the regular season ends, you go right into playoffs, you go right into the combine, right into the draft, right into OTAs, mini camps, free agency. I mean, it is now, it doesn't even seem like there is an end, does it? No, it's a 24-7, 365 cycle of NFL news. There's always something going on, always something to analyze or talk about, um, in the, even in the offseason. Right. Matt, we're continuing, and people are really enjoying us breaking down the roster and discussing the roster. Today, we're going to be looking at defensive backs, wide receivers, and linebackers. Um, And I, I was going to tell you right up front, I made some picks that surprised some people. On my latest roster that I released, I had the Raiders keeping five wide receivers, and I'm going to go over those with you. Trey Tucker, he's made it. He's a rookie, speedster. This kid has all the tools. He looks special. Um, He's going to make it for sure. There's no doubt. Devontae Adams, we know there's absolutely no doubt he's going to make it. Jacoby Myers, absolutely no doubt he's going to make it. DeAndre Carter, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to make it. And then it comes down to two two guys, Hunter Renfro or Philip Dorsett. If they don't trade Renfro, and I have made this so clear, I want to make it again. The Raiders don't have any desire to give Hunter Renfro away. Now, I don't think Hunter's price tag is as high as most fans think because the guy has an interesting contract and he also has multiple injuries. So his his value, when, when I say value, I, I, I think the Raiders would let him go for a fourth. I mean, I think they want a fourth. I think they would let him go for a fifth. I still think there's a market there. Again, I'm not going to get into all the details because I was the first to report. I, I'd be a little bit surprised if he makes the roster. He's never getting cut. I'm not saying that. And I said if if in time Hunter gets moved, I'll explain why I have felt that way. But other people have reported it as well um, since I did. But again, to me, it's a Hunter Renfro, Philip Dorsett, and it's not really a battle because if they don't trade Hunter – Dorsett's out the door. Your thoughts on the wide receivers? Do you think I'm missing anybody? What do you think of the Raiders' wide receiver room? I could see, um, I could see them keeping a sixth, depending on on how the rest of the roster breaks down, and that sixth would either be, say, Hunter Renfro isn't traded, he'd be five, and six would either be, uh, 
Keelan Cole or Philip Dorsett. Um, if Hunter Renfro is traded, you can see both Cole and Dorsett making the final roster. You know, I, I think teams a lot of times like to see, like to have a, a, as much depth as they can in receiver to start the year. Usually, teams, there's so many heavy wide, three wide receiver packages in the NFL these days that you almost need six. You need a two deep in each spot. So I, I can see them keeping a sixth receiver. The four, first four guys you mentioned, I think are locked in. Uh, obviously, Adams and, and Jacoby Myers are their two best receivers. They're one and two. And, you know, Trey Tucker, you don't take a guy in the third round to cut him. He's going to be on the team and they expect him to at least play a big role on specials and work his way in at the slot. A lot would depend, I guess, if Renfro was there or not. Um, DeAndre Carter, I think, was very underrated when he was with the Chargers. So I, I think he's going to make the roster. And I think it will come down to, is Hunter Renfro there? And if he's not, do they go with two veterans there to get to six? Or do they only keep one of those guys with Renfro? I, I have a feeling six will make the team. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my five. That's what they took last year. And I know that they want to um, – if they take six, then my analysis of that right now would be that they were some guys who disappointed on defense. I, I think that they, they want to take some more bodies. They've got so many young defensive tackles. they got four mm -hmm. that are draft picks that are freshmen or sophomores. And I think they'd like to take a couple of guys there that would take them to six, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I agree with you. I, I again, I want to reiterate this. The Raiders have no desire to give Hunter Renfro away. They love him. They're not mad at him. There's nothing there. Again, I'll get into it. If he ends up being traded now, linebacker is very fascinating to me. I've got him keeping Drake Thomas who's a UDFA out of North Carolina State. This kid should have been the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he has all the tools, all of the tools. I think he's special. And, uh, again, maybe he doesn't make it and they go to a different direction, but I think Drake Thomas right now I've got him making it because I believe internally they, they see him making it or at least having a really good chance. Robert Splane's the mic. They're not going – he's not going anywhere. Rock solid. It's Spillane all the way. Amari Bernie, draft pick. He's got his spot. He's going to make this team. Divine Diablo, man, they love him. They love his progress. This is a kid we've talked about before. Divine Diablo is going to make this team. And Luke Masterson is going to make this team, the kid out of Wake Forest. He had a really good rookie year. Quite frankly, um, I think he was one of the stars. Now, I'm going to say this, and I know this is a little controversial, I think Denzel Perman was the best linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the entire National Football League last year. The problem was his availability didn't match his ability. And the reason they got rid of him was not because he wasn't good. It's just he wasn't available enough. And, and, and I know every time I say that, I get emails. But, Hondo, how can you say that when they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I – Ask the same questions the fans do. It's been the only reason I've been critical of Garoppolo. <clears throat> so, again, <clears throat> I have him keeping Thomas, Spillane, Bernie, Diablo, and Masterson taking five linebackers. Your thoughts? 
I think those five all make a lot of sense to me. Um, it'll be interesting to see if a guy like a Gary Butler can crack the roster, played a lot on specials, um, yep. and played 15 games as a rookie. So does he take the next step and make the roster and, and you know, contribute more on the defensive side of the ball? Or is he a, a casualty of, of the 53 men? Uh, the, some of the guys you said, obviously, you know, Spillane, you don't bring him in unless you – Expect him to be one of the anchors on your defense. And Divine Diablo, another guy who's not been a question of his ability, it's been availability, missed half the season last year, but he's he's locked in there. Mari Bernie's going to get a chance, six-round pick. At the very least, you expect him to be involved on, on special teams. And then Luke Masterson ended up starting seven games, had 50-plus 50, 50 tackles last year as a rookie, undrafted guy, you know, ended up – Having a, a a great great rookie season for the Raiders, so I think you got you know what you have there. You want to see you can develop a little bit more with him, so I expect him to make it too. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to me. They took five linebackers this year. I still think they take five linebackers this year. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned Butler, good player. He's a guy, though. Uh, was on you know with, when they could have used some guys breaking in and starting and playing more at linebacker, he just couldn't get over that hump. If he has a good camp, I think he could beat a Drake Thomas out. We know what he did on specials. Or if Drake shines and they think Jake Drake can shine can shine on specials and possibly play more, do they you know put Butler on the on the practice squad? But I mean, I think he's going to be part of this team. I like him. I just know what the thought process was on the inside. Now, let's go to defensive back. Because, man, this gets controversial. Nelly, do I get some hate mail on this stuff. Let's talk about the safeties. Trayvon Morig, great rookie season. Everybody around the league was talking about him. Last year, terrible. Uh, And, again, we're going to talk about another guy, Nate Hobbs, who had that. To me, it was all coaching. Because you can't have two young stars that look like potentially on the cusp of great take a deep dive and the only thing that had in common is they lost their coach. So to me, that, that was a big sign of coaching for Trayvon Morey. Um, I have him making the team. Chris Smith. I think he's a burgeoning superstar out of Georgia. I think he's really good. He's not big. He does not have the physical attributes that you want in a safety, but what he does not have, he makes up in football IQ, toughness, this kid is just an old school. I would think he'd play with a leather helmet. I mean, that's just the kind of kid that he is. Then you go, and I think that, Mark, I mean, you don't pay Marcus Epps. This is a guy the Eagles did not want to want to lose. They just couldn't afford him. So you bring in a Marcus Epps. I mean, that's superstar power right there. He's really, really good. I think he's going to have a monster year. And then you bring in, an, an, again, another guy, uh, Jaquan Johnson. This is a free agent. He comes in and and brings a lot. And a guy that's been here, been overlooked a little bit by people, Roderick Teamer. So I have the Raiders taking five safeties. Now, what are your thoughts? I think that of the safeties there, I think that those are the only five I could see making a roster. Um, Of course, it comes down to do you take, would they – only take four. I doubt it because you need safety. Oh, I had five. I had five. No, no, no. You had five. I'm saying the only question would be is if would they only take oh, four? Oh, oh, I don't okay. see that happening because you need safeties on specials. 
Um, you need safeties in certain packages. And if you only keep four and in week one, you're, you know, that one of your backups goes down, now you're really shorthanded in the position. So I would expect them to keep all five of those guys as well. I would think that coming out of training camp, if it, if all goes well for the Raiders, your starters are Epson Morick. That means that, you know, you're bringing Marcus Epson to be your starter there. And Trevon Morick kind of meant he, means he found himself a little bit more after a disappointing sophomore year, second season. Uh, but I expect Teamer and Johnson to play a, a big role, if not defensively, definitely on specials. And Chris Smith, we talked about him before on here. I think it's only a matter of time before he's a mainstay in the defensive backfield there. They'll probably work him in certain packages. They'll use him on specials to start. But I thought they got a pretty good draft steal back in April there. So I expect him to have a big role right away. I agree with you. All right, now let's get to the next one because this is where all of the controversy mm -hmm. lives. I actually had a person. I just blocked their email. They they sent me this email. Hondo, it was a dereliction of duty for you to leave XYZ guy off your list. Now, first of all, I'm not even giving my list. I'm giving what I'm hearing. I'm trying what to give fans what I think the mood of the building is. But it was a dereliction of duty by me. I'm like, okay, block. Just, you know, stop. If you're going to be stupid, I'm not going to uh, – whatever. The hyperbole. I mean, this isn't first take, you know. <laughs> but let's go over it. You've got uh, Jacorian Bennett, the rookie, who, listen, there were no pads in minicamp, no pads in OTAs, and you know you don't judge rookies till pads come on. But he looked as good as you can look with no pads. We already talked about him. He's super aggressive. Now, that worked in the Big Ten where all of a sudden a quarterback scrambles and heads towards the offensive line like he's running. So Ja'Korian Bennett would come up like a missile and kill him. Problem is, Patrick Mahomes can run full speed at the offensive line and somehow stop, never cross it, and throw a pass. And if you come up early, you're beat over the top. Uh, they worked with him a lot in OTAs and minicamps on this. Still got to get better. Pad's coming on, but he's making the team. There's no question about that. Then Brandon Faison. This is a guy that was so good. I was very critical of the regime. He was great in the last year under Rich Bisaccia. The regime comes in, lets him go. Now they bring him back. I was very critical of letting him go. Faison's back. He's good. I've got Duke Shelley making this, the roster. Free agent that I think he's going to come in. He's, he's going to play. I think he's going to make it. I've got David Long making the roster. I got Nate Hobbs making the roster. And then I've got a battle between Sam Webb or Amik Robertson. I know they really like Sam. Some things he's got to improve on. But again, Amik's another guy. Amik's a playmaker. Do I? I mean, it's a battle there. One of those two, but I, there's some other guys I left off the list that made some people mad. Let's talk about my prediction for the corners. Well, Amik Robertson is a guy who's also a draft pick of the team going into his fourth year, but he's a draft pick from the previous coaching staff. So you don't know, even though they obviously he played last year under McDaniels uh, and Patrick Graham, you know, they he's not one of their guys that they brought in. So will that play a role? 
Um, I think when you look at some of the names that you mentioned that I expect to make the roster, I think the battle will be who sees most of the playing time. You know, do you have – does Duke Shelley or Brandon Faison emerge as a starter? Does Nate Hobbs still have that nickelback role? Um, where, does Ja'Cory and Bennett play just corner? Do they work him in a little bit of safety, like oh, certain packages? How, what do they do with him? And then I think when you look at some of the other guys that are out there, it's a lot of undrafted free agents um, or guys that they signed that have played uh, kind of minimal, minimal roles last year. So I don't think there's anything in terms of like they have an inside track at a roster spot. Um, you know, there's a, guys like Tyler Hall who started a couple of games last year. You can see him maybe cracking a roster still, but you know, I think that those guys that you mentioned were the, the main people battling uh, for, uh, for for the roster. And I do think when you Sam Webb, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because you're talking about a guy who has probably you know the ideal sort of cornerback build, six two, one ninety five, two hundred pounds, played a lot last year and showed a lot uh, in his first year of playing. So I think that. It would be tough to leave him off, too. Yeah, it's going to be a, a battle. But, again, I think they would love to see some of those players talk. I think they would love to see, you know, some guys really emerge, a Tyler, to, you know, who, who can have great camps and push some other guys. I just know this. One thing that's appealing about Sam Webb is he has that UDFA contract. And he's not making a lot of money. And when you're a team that's, that's just very cap sensitive, you don't have to just beat him. You have to be better than him. Yeah. And I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's close, the edge is going to go to Sam Webb. So you got to leave you no have doubt. To make, yeah. So you have to make sure if the if, if it's close, you're losing to Sam Webb just because his contract is so small. So whoever you are, you got to go out and beat Sam Webb. It has to be undeniably you beat him. That's why I just think he has an advantage. All right. One thing I want to talk to you about before we let you go. And man, we have gotten into a lot of stuff talking about breaking down the team and all of this, but have you seen the Netflix series? I think it's called quarterback. You know, I have not started watching it yet. I'm going to have to binge watch it. It's been something I didn't get a chance to get to it. And uh, I see all the tweets about it. So my plan is to sit down this week, um, have some time off uh, after work or whatever, and just kind of get into it and binge it. So in the interest of full disclosure, you're aware of this, but not the fans. I'm friends with Kirk Cousins. I love Kirk. Think the world of him. I know him, his his brother, his parents, and know his whole family. Um, Good guy. Love Kirk. And in there, he talks about, I take an entire day off during the season. I take 24 hours where I don't do anything with football. Uh, I'm taking my kids to school. I'm taking my wife for a walk. I'm just doing family things to keep focused. And he's taken some criticism for it because Tom Brady, uh, in his documentary, talked about, you know, if you're going to beat me, you got to be willing to give more than me, and I give everything to football. And I'm just I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts because I, I talked to several players after I saw that. I texted them. 
and not Kirk, but I texted several players and just said, hey, have you seen the quarterback series? And those who have, I asked them about Kurt's comments. Every single one of them said to me, yeah, I, I either do that, I partially do it, I want to expand it to be all day, I think I'm better for it. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts when you hear about Cousins say that? I know you haven't seen it, but I'm if, if what I'm telling you is correct, and obviously I have no agenda against Kirk. What, what do you think of that? Listen, I, we all know about Tom Brady's work ethic and the time he put in. We also don't know how much time that he did spend uh, with his kids or with his wife when he was married to Giselle and, and things that he may have done with family during the season or offseason. I'm sure football came first and foremost and then second and third on the list too. But he might have done some stuff too, you know, where he had – uh, some time away from the game. In terms of the Kirk Cousins thing, I think it's healthy. I do. I think that, listen, no one's saying the guy's not being, not, you know, a dereliction of duty, as, as that person said in the email. You know, he's not handling his business and, and studying the game plan and being up on stuff. But you're, you're a father first, you're a husband first, you're a family man first. You know, they're going to be they're there whether you throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns or you get picked in the final minute of the game, they're going to be there when your career is over. And I think that it is a good, healthy sign on his part that he's able to kind of find that time still and realize that it's something that's important to him, even during the season when, you know, when you're playing for last year, Vikings were a division champion, one of the better teams in the NFC. So, you know, it wasn't like they were not performing on the field. So I have no problem with it. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's very refreshing and I think that one of the things that I see in sports is a lot of times we have people talk about well, so-and-so, they don't have that the work ethic or the, the psychopathic kind of dedication that like a Michael Jordan had or a Brady or a Kobe Bryant or someone like that. And I say, listen – there's a reason those guys are so great or <laughs> like beyond other people at their position and, and, and other people in the sports world in general, they're not normal. They're the, the exception to, I think what things are. So I think what Kirk Cousins is doing Kirk is very normal. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady and he doesn't have to do what Brady did. I don't think he's any less, you know, he's not as good of a quarterback as Brady, regardless of what he does. And that's fine. No one, how many people can say they are. But I don't think of any less of him as a quarterback or as a person than him saying, with him saying he does this. And I'm going to, I'm going to end with this, but, you know, Max Crosby, and I've, I've written about this. I've said it a million times. The hardest working athletes I've ever been around are Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Max Crosby, those four have a work ethic that nobody can compete with. Just nobody can. And quite frankly, I think Max is on the way to becoming one of the greatest ever. He's not there yet, but I think he's on his way. I think he's going to get there with his work ethic. I, I have no doubt Max Crosby is going to get there. That is such a small group. But even Max Crosby understands my family. My wife, my daughter, my parents, that 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 I, I can't take that out of my life. I just thought it was refreshing because a lot of people would have been disingenuous and 
Oh yeah, I work seven days a week, and I, I just I I know Kirk so well that I appreciated his honesty and just the way he handled. It. I thought it was fascinating for us to talk about. All right, he's the great Mac Halatic. He'll be back again next week, but it's always good to have him on. We'll be talking about the franchise tag decisions, all of that next week. We got so much going. It'll be our last one before the start of training camp. Everyone after next week, Matt, is all training camp. Come on, give me a big woo. I'm ready, man. I am pumped. I appreciate you, Matt. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.